It has been said that the biggest room of all is the room for improvement. And one thing that is clear to see in the amazing careers of today's guests is the continued hunger for learning in the quest for improving their investment process. Something that has led to an unprecedented success for this trio. You probably guessed it. Today, I share the last key insights from my conversation with Michael Adam, David Harding, and Marty Lurk, also known as the founders of AHL. In this clip, we don't just discuss the importance of learning, but also how you must unlearn certain things in order to move forward, and not least, what the three of them wish the legacy of AHL will be. So sit back and relax, enjoy these truly unique takeaways from my conversation with Michael, David and Marty. And if you'd like to listen to the full conversation, and I hope you do, just go to toptradersonplug.com forward slash RT11. That is where the conversation starts. I think it was once said that the biggest room of all is the room for improvement. And by this, I mean that when I look at your achievements, I see a continuing sort of hunger for, for learning. But what about the flip side? You touched upon it, I think, earlier today about unlearning. I mean, are there certain things that you found really important to unlearn in order to continue to improve your strategies? Uh, things that you thought were really good only to realize that they were in fact flawed and, and much riskier than you thought? Well, that's probably a different view amongst the three of us because I remember in the early days, David had an office where what he would do is he was surrounded by data. So literally, it was, it was almost like a. And David used, used his desk used to be a complete chaotic mess full of cuttings from the Wall Street Journal and you know bits of paper and notes and so forth. My desk was always completely clean, and I thought that that was because I was more organised and focused than David, and he his. He used to say to me, empty desk, empty mind. So <laughs> I've always believed that one of the biggest challenges in systematic trading is not remembering what you know. It's it's having the discipline to forget what you know, because applying what you know to the next thing you do is a very powerful hidden form of optimization. Mm. So I think that building into research processes the sort of ins the 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 organised capacity and insistence that people forget, and also recruiting people who've never worked in the field before, always always feeding people who aren't polluted by knowing stuff, is really really important. On the other hand, it's very hard to develop systematic training if you don't have a real feel for the way markets work. So there's this constant mm -hmm. battle, I think, between you know what you what insights you have what wisdom you have on the one hand, and, and yet have the ability to forget the specifics. And I, I don't have an answer to that. I think it's extremely hard to do. Yeah, I think what you said there is, is spot on. Also, with a lot of the people we've recruited, it's been the struggle has been to get them to forget the efficient market theory. So, you know, they a lot you need clever people who are good at mathematics and computer science and typically you get them because they've passed degrees and exams and so on and so forth. And they've often been taught you know, the efficient market theory, which is a beguiling theory because the mathematics is appealing and difficult, so it's something they can master. And then having mastered that, they believe it to be true, most of them. Most people having mastered something difficult. Mm. So I think, you know, education can crush creativity because mm. 
uh, it, it can crush it. It's, it's interesting that Steve Jobs didn't actually get a degree, isn't it? He, he went off and did a smorgasbord of courses, including famously calligraphy. Yeah. And I think, sadly, that over-educated people probably can know too much to to be creative having said that to be creative in a field obviously you need to know about that field which requires a lot of education so, so that's, that's the, the real, paradox i think yeah, mike was referring yes. to so I, I think i think well i can't remember what the question was <laughs> but <laughs> things, oh, things unlearning. Unlearning. oh unlearning yeah, uh, yeah i mean i i think it, I, I i bring you know back in the day I, I think that the unlearning or rather the lesson that we learned early quickly and has stood us well as you know i think david you referred to the the tendency to over optimize i think mm. we had some brilliant forays into the world of over optimization we could make those simulations go from <laughs> bottom left to top right like a rocket ship and uh, and funny enough when you start trading it it the inflection point was so remarkable to, so i think that was a, a lesson we unlearned our our desire to optimize pretty what quickly. What I find annoying, you know, until we all, we're all becoming crabby old men, but what I find annoying is I frequently see big companies, uh, you know, it, putting True. out simulations that are over-optimized in the same way that our simulations were over-optimized 30 years ago. Yeah. And, you think uh, and big learn? companies will yeah. put those things out and they will sell them to investors uh, and that's sanctioned by the authorities. Yeah. What used to be banned, which is marketing simulated track records, has now apparently become legal because you just call it an index. You know, so, so uh, and it's frustrating. Yeah, That's no, frustrating. It, it, it is. It is. Um, looking at, at at the various the sort of moves that regulators have made in response to various crises. Looking at, yeah, I mean those things. I mean, yeah, I mean they shouldn't be annoying, but they are. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they just exactly. are. When, <laughs> when, you know, when when you when you watch regulators doing things, which you could say, now that's really really stupid, and they just willfully and they just willfully do it, and it has exactly the result you'd predict. And it is it is it is annoying. So the world actually, the good news is the world is pr apparently pretty good at forgetting, mm. given that it, is. it keeps making the same mistake again and again and again. So in a way, you know, yeah, maybe we're better at forgetting than we think. You know, but maybe that isn't a bad thing in the end. Sure. <laughs> Marty, if you look at your own strategy and maybe David uh, uh, as well, what do you least like about it, and, and what are the things you would like to to improve? Gosh, um, interesting question, Niels. Uh, you know, the sort of pat answer is always be paranoid mm. and always be paranoid about every part of it because I mean you've heard me bang on about this before is that any of these systematic methods or systematic investment strategies is only as weak as its as its weakest part mm. so you can't say well I'm looking for this fantastic new machine learned you know system that is always right on, on tomorrow's trade a as we've just covered you know you're unlikely to find that and you well, you don't believe it if you do, and B, how you put all those models together, how you risk manage it, how you execute it is all is crucial to having a you know an overall efficacious system. So I'm I'm not going to pinpoint one area of it that today I think is flawed. I think the whole thing is always in need of constant care and attention. You know, we spent a, an awful lot of time and money on improving the execution um, of of what we do, and I think we got that to a you know a really great place and i think that there's more we can do i think the exchanges and the instruments have moved on to a place and we need to you know continue to invest and maybe turn the crosshairs a little bit more in that direction for a while but 
no, no, no single area nails. Everything, everything needs to be improved. Your thoughts, David? Well, I least like the bits where we go down, and I most <laughs> like the bits where we go up. And I'd like to go up more of the time and down less of the time. And everything about, obviously, my corporate strategy and that of Winton is designed to achieve that aim. It sounds a bit trite, but I'm not going to repeat what Marty said, which is that we're working on everything to try and make things better all the time. Uh, but it's a well, I'm, tough business. Yeah. You know? I mean, I always thought that the major improvement we could have made in the business was to have no clients or employees. So, um, <laughs> so that's I've, what you've done. So that's what I've done. <laughs> And it really, really works, that's all I can say. Good, good. Does that make my, sense? My, my final, final question, and that is really, what is the legacy that you want people to think of when they think of AHL? I would love it to be because there's always this, this sort of sense in the world that everything's already been invented and there's nothing more to be done and that there's no future and you know there's no opportunity or possibility of something different i mean when we started out in ahl um we absolutely challenged the orthodoxy and did something that we were told repeatedly by people who were far more experienced and knew far more than we did that that it would it not only was it not going to work but it couldn't work and i would like the thing that people should take from that going forward is that the future is history that's not yet been written. There's always opportunity for someone to come in and say, hold on a minute, here's something no one's ever thought of before. And it doesn't need to be complex and it doesn't need to be, you know, mathematically challenging. It, it can just be someone comes in from stage left and says, what about this? Mm. So I'd like it to be a, just a, an encouragement to challenge the orthodoxy and not believe, well, basically, ignore your, your elders and your those who consider themselves wiser. So basically I'm saying ignore everything I say. <laughs> well, I think it testifies to the fact that efficient market theory can be quite a bad model and that there's zero correlation in markets and that has very significant public policy implications which i'm not sure the economics profession have have absorbed yet mm -hmm. the, the the economist has gone through a series of almost like a sort of recovering alcoholic over the years has 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 one after the other it's 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 trashed its its own history because uh, i only take the economist so that i can i can wait for them to one by one knock down their what's the word shibboleths I mean, there's been a great thing about, you know, the world being anti-experts and uh, how can we ignore economists? Well, in my view, the definition of an expert is someone who just occasionally is right. So, of course, economists aren't experts. All the evidence is. <laughs> so I do hold grudges. You know, I do hold, a, I do hold some grudges. <laughs> Marcy, what do you think about the legacy? I, I just, you know, it's a great opportunity to get together with you both. And I think that, again, unwittingly, we were at the edge of something, at the leading edge of something that, that became a, a big industry through, David, what, what you've done at Winton and, you know, what Man Group have gone on to do and, and Aspect and many uh, other members of the diaspora. You know, I don't think, of course, we'd like to say it was all down to our genius, but, it, you know, that movement has created an investment management industry that employs 
hundreds, if not thousands of people that does really useful things for people's savings and pension funds that, um, you know, backs uh, deep science uh, in the universities around the country and around the world. You know, that's, that's I think, part of the, the early legacy of AHL. That's it for now. And remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation with Michael, David and Marty, please go to toptradersonplug.com forward slash RT11. That's where the conversation starts. Now, if you enjoyed this short, insightful clip from a past episode of the show, then I think you're going to love the free book I'm giving away right now. It's called The Many Flavors of Trend Following. And it includes some of my best insights on this, perhaps the most dependable and consistent yet often overlooked investment strategy. And you can get your free copy of the book if you go to toptradersonplot.com forward slash book to start your own journey right now. And again, just head over to toptradersonplug.com forward slash book and make sure to subscribe to the podcast or YouTube channel where I will be back next week with more exciting and engaging conversations. Until next time, take care.